Welcome to the Founders with Purpose podcast, where I interview early stage founders about their mission, why they chose startup life, and how they will get where they're going. I'm your host, Darian Parrish, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, we have Pratik here, the co-founder of Customer Glue. Pratik, thank you so much for joining. Uh, could you tell the listeners um, what is Customer Glue and why did you decide to get started with this company? Right. So thanks, Darian, for having me uh, on the podcast today. And Customer Glue is a low-code interactive engagement platform. Now, to talk about what it means, first, we need to understand what's a problem. So all of us receive a ton of push notifications on our phones throughout the day. I'm sure you must have received a ton of notifications and uh, every listener can relate to this as well. The notifications are annoying, they're distracting. And every single company, every single app on your phone is trying to communicate with their users through the same channel. We are here to change that by driving rich in-app game-like experiences. Uh, which a product team can create using our low-code platform in just under five minutes. That's what Customer Glue does uh, for businesses out there. Great. So a lot, a lot to unpack here. Um, so let's start with uh, the notification issue because uh, this is something that uh, some some applications have a real challenge with. Um, I guess I guess I'll name one. Uh, might might regret this later, but Clubhouse seems to be a notorious offender. Uh, for sending notifications for for so many things, and and their only setting is to uh, decrease it for certain people, or you essentially say you want to decrease the frequency, um, but there's not really any other way to tune uh, what types of content you want to see or how to make sure you find um, you know the important ones. You do you can just decrease the frequency, um, so you might miss something. Uh, does customer glue help solve this at all, or how how would hus- uh, customer glue help solve this? Right, so. For us to understand how to solve this, let's look into the reason why a user installs Clubhouse on their application. Now, Clubhouse is an amazing drop-in audio application. And if a user wants to listen to audio conversations, they want to be part of those conversations, they can just, uh, they can try checking it out on the application. The idea should be, can we hook the user in a way where they go online or they open the app uh, to check out if some there's some content that's upcoming. I totally understand at times there is content and it's just, just uh, you can say it's exponentially growing and they want to notify the users to get more people into it. Uh, but usually, maybe instead of sending notification for every single friend who is go- joining a room, uh, maybe it should be the other way around where users try to build a streak where they join the conversations every day by opening the app at a certain time and so on, or maybe having a weekly challenge where uh, join seven rooms uh, in a week, one every day. And this would eventually lead to building a habit uh, by rewarding them, by allowing them to run more chat rooms or join more audio chats going forward. So it has to be intrinsic motivation driven. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, a, a product that does that well, I think, is Duolingo, which is the language app, and it, it has both the streaks and the, the weekly challenges and uh, leaderboards, and I, I think it's done a very great job. Is that something that um, you help uh, customers with that experience? So you, you'll help your customers, which are the applications or products, 
um, deliver an experience that that provides streaks and uh, that gamification? Right. So our customers are app-enabled businesses, and uh, they can install our SDK. And using the dashboard that we enable for the product teams after the SDK is installed in these applications, they can create programs like streaks. They can create programs like challenges. So, so you're right about that, where they can create such programs inside their applications. And they can theme it and skin it the way they want to. So it looks exactly like as if it's part of their own application. Okay, that makes sense. And, and that leads me to another question from what you said up front about being low code. I want to call that out because a lot of the uh, companies we've had on the, the podcast so far have been no code products. And we've talked a little bit about the differentiation of low code and no code. Uh, tell, tell us why you decided no code or low code was the right way to go. And if you see, uh, you know, on the spectrum shifting towards no code more or whether you, you think um, low code is the way to uh, go for the future for customer glue. Right. So I think the right way to look at this is no code could be rigid. No code gives you a very static framework of doing things, whereas low code gives you a framework where things are fairly rigid for you to get started with. They're easy to, because rigid things are easy to follow. But as soon as you want to go a little deep and extend the functionality with a little bit of code, because by that time you're already invested into the product and you're getting good value out of it, you can do that. So I think having that little bit of flexibility always goes a long way. Uh, whereas I believe no code and low code, both of these have their own specific markets where no code is very attractive for small teams, small ticket sizes, whereas low code could be attractive for, again, small teams, teams which are growing fast, and eventually they might hire people to focus on this low code platform. Uh, just to add a point to that here, if I look at a product like Stripe, which is a payment gateway, so I can easily drop in a JavaScript uh, and it will help me launch a payment gateway solution with the entire user interface being ready. Whereas if I want to build my custom payment gateway using their low-level APIs, I can still do that. So I hope that sums it up. Yes, that's that's very well articulated. I appreciate that. And I think we have a balance of you know technology listeners and business listeners. And so um, I like to try and cover both. So let's dive into the use case a little further. Uh, on your website, you mentioned that this works for retail and e-commerce. And I think uh, that's something that uh, I don't want to say it was surprising to me, but it, it it's a little harder for me to understand how that works because um, it's something that, you know, if you want to get a streak or something, you can only shop so much or, you know, you run out of money, right? Uh, so maybe tell us a little more about how, how you gamify that retail experience and uh, what, you know, what the functions are, what does a user come in and do uh, if they, you know, can't shop every day uh, for, for lack of money. Right. So, uh, so one thing to, that I would like to put out to all the listeners already that our website is going through a complete revamp. So you're going to see a new version. And still, I would let me answer uh, the point around e-commerce and retail. So uh, we do offer scratch cards and uh, engaging interactive games. For example, uh, we have seen our scratch cards increase conversion rates by eight to fifteen percent uh, across different stages of a user lifecycle. So imagine a scenario where 
you're per, you're making a purchase on any e-commerce store and as soon as you uh, complete the purchase you get a scratch card now that could lead to a voucher or that could lead to uh, a particular cashback or a promotion now we don't control the rewards that our customers give we just enable them to help the users unlock these promotions via interactive experiences like a scratch card these work because of the variable reward psychology uh, and that's the reason why scratch cards spin the wheel any of these luck based games drive lot more engagement than just showing the voucher or giving the discount coupon to the user right out of the box yeah and i think there's a business case to be made there uh, beyond the psychology uh, if you you know have a guaranteed payout you know you're you're on the hook to pay out you know five dollars or you know some sort of percentage discount for for all the users that partake and when it's more of a chance of winning you know you, you select one or two or three winners um, and often the total payout is less having the same impact so I think from an economic standpoint uh, that's also a great way to run a run a program so uh, so we've talked about the technology we've talked about the business use case a bit Let's go back to the beginning and, and um, you know, see if there was an aha moment. I know a lot of people talk about this, and um, but but here I like to say you don't have to have had an aha moment. Sometimes you just get started and eventually things uh, work out. So maybe you tell us a little bit about how the business got formed or what how it was ideated and whether it was a true aha moment or, or something that uh, emerged over time. Right. So uh, the current version of the product has definitely taken shape uh, over a period of time. But of course, we did have an aha moment, and I'll come to that in a moment. Uh, we started uh, three to four years ago. And back then, the idea was behavior prediction. Can we predict users' behavior? We realized very soon that prediction alone is not enough because marketers want actionable things to do based on those predictions. And when we looked into actions, majority of the actions were going through push notifications. And at the same time, uh, there was this particular app uh, in India called Google Pay. And uh, Google Pay at that time, it's a payment application. So anybody can do uh, P2P payments using Google's Pay application. Uh, so they launched a scratch card program. And that was very viral. It, it was engaging, quite engaging for a lot of users. And that was an aha moment when we realized, uh, why can't we take this and enable every single app out there to do this? And then over time, we were obviously influenced by content like Hooked by Nereal, Actionable Gamification by Yukai, and a bunch of other such content. Uh, that led us to thinking, uh, if we can lead users or enable our customers to create hook cycles within their products, where there's an activity that you perform and then it unlocks a reward, and this reward does not have to be cashbacks or promotions. It could be a product feature. Uh, it could be the next class in your meditation application if you build a street. So it could be any of those different things that hooks your users into using your product more often. Uh, and that led us to launching Customer Glue approximately nine months ago. This was in August uh, 2020 during the pandemic. Great. And I think, um, you know, kind of moving along the the line here on the spectrum of company uh, launch and, and uh, new product release, what are some of the big trends that are maybe not apparent yet that you're um, seeing because you're so uh, in the weeds on this, you know, be, becoming a subject matter expert on, on this area 
that uh, you know customer glue is either reliant on or or a trend that you're writing uh, that maybe hasn't played out yet, but you you see it internally and uh, you expect it'll merge in the future. Right. So uh, so imagine this. Let's say if if you have an amazing car which has a great engine, but you don't have a great driver who knows how to use that car in the best way, you're never going to get the best value, maybe uh, the best performance out of that particular car. I see that problem with a lot of these marketing tools out there, where the tool itself is great. It can help you send good marketing communications or even engage your users. But uh, majority of the companies don't have the right expertise to drive the right usage of those tools. With Customer Glue, we want to enable a community of uh, growth and retention experts around the globe who can use our platform to channelize their creativity by using our low-code platform to create these interactive templates. So for example, uh, we cannot build a template for travel, but somebody else can using our platform. And I would like to bring some parallels from uh, tools like Webflow. Uh, what they have done is pretty amazing. They have created a generic tool, uh, but people have created tons of templates on Webflow. So every single business out there, they can find a use case which is solved by a Webflow team. They can purchase it and they can just go live with it in just a few clicks. We want to enable the same uh, democratization of design and knowledge in retention and marketing space via customer review. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think there's there's really two trends there. One is uh, the uh, enabling platforms, and often they're low code or no code. And, and Webflow, you mentioned, is a great one of those. And then also, um, what Webflow leverages, and, and it sounds like you intend to as well, is the the crowdsourcing or or having builders being able to build on top of those. And I, I call that under the crowdsourcing trend of um, you know adding additional value. So Webflow doesn't have to build all those templates themselves. They have other people who do it and it adds value to the ecosystem. Uh, and one might even call that um, some network effects. So I think if customer glue is involved in, in some of these trends, I, I, think, I think there's a positive outlook here. Is there anything we haven't discussed about customer glue that you think is, is interesting and noteworthy that you wanna share? I think we've covered uh, most of the ground here. A uh, few things which I can add is experimentation with different kind of uh, unique uh, UI driven or game-like experiences is hard, especially in mobile apps because people need to keep releasing new applications. They need to keep waiting on all the users to install it. Whereas with customer glue, that whole element goes away because you can just create a tool on our dashboard and then you can click on publish and then it goes out to your users on their mobile apps without a new app release. You can create segments and you can experiment with different layouts at the same time. You could be running A-B experiments and understand what really works. Over time, our vision is because of all the information that we are uh, having with us, where what kind of activities or what kind of uh, programs work in, uh, in which set of industries and cohorts of users, uh, we would start recommending these. So imagine somebody installs their SDK onto their app. We can figure out the best path from point A to uh, pushing that user to being their power user all automatically. And you can craft that journey uh, for that user all automatically using data. That's great. And I think, um, you know, having that value add in, especially like you mentioned, being able to uh, push these changes without a, a new app release, I think is 
is something that uh, everyone who's on the operational side can be really happy about. Uh, where can users find or potential customers find out more about Customer Glue? Right. So you can visit our website, customerglue.com. And uh, of course, you can always reach out to me. Uh, my name is Pratik. You can easily find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and drop us a note, drop us an email if you, th if you think you would like to use our product or uh, if you think that there's some use case or you wish to collaborate with us on the product, uh, do reach out. We'd love to speak to you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Pratik, for your time. And I'll include links to those in the show notes. And hopefully, we'll get some listeners reaching out. Thank you so much, Darian, for having me today. That's it for this episode. Please be sure to follow Founders with Purpose and tune in again soon.